Welcome to 27 Speaks, a weekly podcast with the staff of the Express News Group who share their insights into the latest stories making news on the East End of Long Island. 27 Speaks is sponsored by the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. Strong advocacy and attentive counsel. Be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com. And we are recording. And we are recording once again back on the East End of Long Island. Everyone good today? All good. <laughs> I love what I met with silence. <laughs> Like, it's Friday, no matter how bad it might be. It's still Friday of a three-day yeah. weekend. Well, that's a good. Some point. of us, not maybe not you in the newspaper business, but yeah, but. yeah. I'm looking at a whole weekend full of work. So, but first, we're going to do our podcast. So that was um, Bill's voice at the top of the podcast. Hi, Bill. How are you? Hi, Annette. I'm Bill Sutton. I'm the managing editor of the Express News Group. And also here is Brendan O'Reilly. Hey, Brendan. Hi, everybody. I'm Brendan. I'm the deputy managing editor. And Joe Shaw's here wearing his Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh cap, as they say. That's right. In honor of, of our guest today, who's a fellow fan. So, hi, I'm Joe Shaw. I'm executive editor of the Express News Group. And I'm Annette Hinkle, and I'm the arts and living editor of the Express News Group. And somebody that hails from the Cincinnati area. So, Bengals are fortunately always, always in my wheelhouse. You had, good, you had a good run this year. We tried, man. That Joe Burroughs is, you know. I think he gets robbed every time, but that's another story. So <laughs> so also joining us today is Fred Thiel, our New York State Assemblyman, who is ironically also a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Yes, sir. It's uh, it, it's uh, an honored tradition in the Thiel family. And uh, it, it, it was not a great season for us, but I think Joe will agree. Uh, it ended well and better than we could have hoped for. As this, and and the future is team. looking interesting. Yes. Is it? We have to do a sports podcast. You have to bring us all up to speed on what's happening. Don't happened. get us started because we'll get started. <laughs> the two of us. So we're not talking about the Steelers today, but we are talking about um, something that's near and dear to Fred's heart, and that is his alma mater, which was Southampton College and is now Stony Brook University, Southampton campus. And recently, I think a lot of people have noticed there's always been a curiosity of what, what's happening up at the campus, because it does seem like there are a lot of unused buildings up there. And so Fred recently came forward to say that he's a bit disappointed in how Stony Brook University has been managing the campus, which is the number of the buildings have those white and red X's on them, meaning that they're condemned. And these are not buildings that are that old. And I remember, Fred, and maybe you can take me through this, but they had done some renovating of some of those buildings not that long ago. Well, you know, the, the story of, of Stony Brook University taking over the S Southampton campus has been a story of fits and starts from the beginning. And uh, Stony Brook uh, acquired the campus, State University acquired the campus in 2006. And, uh, you know, it began, it was going to be a undergraduate four-year college for sustainability. And uh, we got a couple of years into that, and the, the program was, uh, was beginning to take off. The Great Recession came, and uh, Stony Brook canceled everything with regard to sustainability. Um, you know, myself and a number of students brought a lawsuit against uh, the, the college uh, against the university to stop them from closing the college. We won that litigation. And then Stony Brook, you know, came up with a new plan for the campus, was, which was as a graduate center, which is what we're progressing with now. So you're right. And, and there has been, you know, that things have proceeded with fits and starts. And, uh, 
Um, the 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 for you may remember when Stony Brook took it over, the library, the new library building was not completed. That building got completed. Uh, a new building across the street, but part of the campus for marine sciences, what was was completed. Uh, some work was done on some of the dormitories to make them livable. So it, it isn't as if Stony Brook hasn't done anything. They have done some things at that campus. Um, and, you know, they brought some health sciences uh, programs, graduate programs to the campus in anticipation of Southampton Hospital ultimately being located uh, on the campus. Uh, but what the progress that we were making, which had got interrupted by the pandemic, you know, seems to, you know, now with Stony Brook, they seem to have forgotten about Southampton. And, you know, there's a couple of things that I point to that, that kind of illustrate that. One is most of the progress that we made before the pandemic was because Stony Brook had assigned a, a, the vice president for strategic initiatives, who was Matt Whalen, to really be responsible for the campus. And he is the reason why we ended up with the health sciences programs and some of the, uh, the, the progress that we made. Uh, there is nobody at Stony Brook who has as their, in their portfolio, the Southampton campus. Um, the next step in, you know, the rebirth of, of the campus was supposed to be the renovation of Southampton Hall. Uh, Stony Brook had in a memorandum uh, of understanding had pledged $5 million, you know, to start with, to, to, to do that, had done a, a feasibility study. You know, nothing has happened with that. There, there is no plan for the campus right now. Uh, but, you know, Joe asked me, what was the what was the what pushed me over the edge? What was the breaking point for me on this? When you know, it was already disturbing that they never replaced Matt Whalen. It's been three years. Uh, but uh, in the last year's state budget, we we provided a Long Island investment fund in the state budget, three hundred and fifty million dollars that was supposed to go to projects on Long Island that could be transformative and you know, this certainly fits that role. Southampton Hall, uh, you know, Bob Reeves, who, you know, has headed the uh, the writing program, the, the provost for, for fine arts for, for since it was part of LIU, had a whole proposal for Southampton Hall that would have involved cultural programs, the food lab, you know, ready to go. Uh, and, you know, S Senator Palumbo and I simply asked the current administration at Stony Brook, apply, you've, you've made a commitment to Southampton Hall, apply for those funds. There's $350 million out there. There aren't a lot of projects that would fit the bill on the East End, but this is one of them. And they refused to even apply. I mean, if they had applied and had been turned down, you know, I, I probably could have lived with that. But, you know, when you, when you combine all of these factors that, you know, nobody's in charge of the campus at Stony Brook, um, they, really have reneged on the commitment to Southampton Hall and wouldn't even apply for, for grant funding. That's when I felt, well, you know, the handwriting is on the wall here, uh, you know, and you've got such great potential for opportunity at that campus, not just to further, uh, you know, cultural, uh, cultural activities and the food lab and all of that. But as you know, another subject near and dear to my heart is, is affordable housing. That dorm complex up there uh, you know, the, the value of that property, you know, whether it's for housing for hospital employees that are going to be on the campus, 
or a more general affordable housing project, uh, you know, th there's there's great opportunity there. And, you know, uh, I needed to get their attention. I, I certainly had worked, you know, through the normal channels to try to get their attention, but just couldn't. So it was time. Let me ask you, Fred, you bring up the hospital and as an observer and, and you know, this was my question was, isn't isn't it likely that the university is just sort of on hold while they're waiting to find out what's going on with the plan for uh, Stony Brook, Southampton to build a new hospital on the site there? Because a lot of those buildings, it would seem less than prudent to invest a lot of money in upgrading those buildings if you're going to tear them down to make room for the new hospital. Is that maybe what's going on here? I don't think so at all. I mean, the, you know, Stony Brook University is the one of the flagships of the state university system. They should be able to walk and chew gum at the same time. <laughs> um, you know, the area where the hospital is going to go, we know where that is. It's been staked out as part of the legislation we passed that 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 allows the, the hospital to be on the campus. It's where the playing fields are now, where where the uh, the co collegiate baseball league used to play, and where the gym is. We know where the hospital is going to go, and so so it's kind of across uh, across the street there from 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 yeah, the campus. Exactly, and I, what, I had it, thought it was more more centrally located on the campus, but no, it's it's going to be where the where the the, the main building of the hospital. It, you know, is going to be uh, where the ball fields are across the uh, across the road where the gym is, yeah. um, is, you know, for, for, for you know, future possible expansion um, there. So, you know, so listen, you know, anything in that area, you know, that, that's set aside for the hospital. It, it, you know, that's, you know, the, the specifics, the lease still needs, the actual lease needs to be done. But things like Southampton Hall, you know, things such as the dormitory area, there's no reason. I mean, if anything, they should be planning for the usage of, of those buildings to, to go hand in hand with the hospital, not not one after the other. Southampton Hall is 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 kind of a historic structure, right? I mean, it's yeah, it, it's part of part of the estate that became that became Southampton College. Right. It was the administration building. Um, and, you know, as I've said to everybody, you can't say that, you know, Southampton, the Southampton campus is back, that it, it is being used the way it should be used until there's a plan and there's, you know, Southampton Hall is, is part of that. It's really, a, you know, the windmill is the symbol of the campus, but the true heart of the campus really is Southampton Hall. It's an historic building, you know, it should be put to a good adaptive reuse. Uh, and, you know, th th this, you know, Stony Brook has owned this, this property for 17 years now. Uh, the fact that there are, you know, buildings like Southampton Hall that still have that big red X on it, to me at this point is, is inexcusable. And, you know, during, you know, after the Great Recession, when the campus started to make the comeback, you know, with increased programming and, and, and things of that nature, you know, 800 students were registered taking classes there before the pandemic. And of course, uh, we were making progress. Now, during the pandemic, listen, you know, Stony Brook, all of us were just trying to keep the balls in the air. 
especially Stony Brook operating a hospital. But, you know, now we're to the point where, you know, they could have applied for money for the campus, didn't. And, you know, my bottom line here is we need a long-term plan for the campus. Where are we going to be in five years? Where are we going to be in 10 years? Where do we stand with, with the hospital? And I know, you know, COVID probably delayed a lot of the fundraising for that and, you know, and, and, and pushed it back a little bit, but is there, is there an actual plan? I mean, are there drawings? Do we, do we know plans moving forward at all? Where, where are we at? Yeah, they're definitely moving forward. When we did the legislation, I think it was back in about 2017, the legislation, you know, gave the hospital and Stony Brook 10 years uh, you know, to implement, which, you know, we, we probably w would extend if, if things were underway. So, you know, are things going slower than I think we all had planned when we passed the legislation back in 2017? Absolutely. Is Was the pandemic a big part of that? Absolutely. You know, th there's no state dollars going into building this hospital. This is all being going to be built with, with private funding, with, th you know, through philanthropy. So I think the, the fundraising coming out of the pandemic was a little slow. Uh, but, you know, certainly in my discussions with with folks over at Southampton Hospital, you know, they've been working hard on this. They they do have conceptual drawings and, you know, looking at things such as how do you handle, you know, traffic and, and access at that very tricky intersection where the, the light is at the campus and things of that nature. So, yeah, they're working hard on it. I think what has slowed things down is the ability, you know, because of the pandemic to be able to raise the funds. And I think, you know, that that only now are we seeing that effort, you know, begin in earnest. Can we can we put a traffic circle in there? Would that work? <laughs> well, I, I don't know about a traffic circle, but there's going to be the need for some modification in that area. There's no question. You know, you're going to have emergency vehicles coming in there. Well, more importantly, can we get that train station operational again? I mean, talk about a logical place for the LIRR to stop and let people off. Yeah, I, and, and we've we've had conversations with with the Long Island Railroad about bringing back that train station linked to the the establishment of, of the hospital. You know, there you got what twelve hundred people that work at the hospital, right? Um, and you know that plus whatever activity is going on with the rest of the campus. Now you have a real reason to bring back that train station. You know, it, it got closed, you know, uh, back in the day because uh, the uh, that was the time when they had all the train stations had to be made uh, handicapped accessible. And they also started those double decker trains. I think that was it in the platform. So they didn't want to invest in that train station. But, you know, the, 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 the railroad and of course, I think we've been through three presidents at the railroad since the time. Uh, you know, we've had these first discussions, but, um, you know, the railroad has indicated that, you know, one, once the hospital is there and it's up and running, you know, that they'll work with us to, to reestablish that train station. It'll make a lot more sense. Yeah. I mean, I mean, a majority of those 1200 employees are, are living west of, of Southampton, I, I believe. Yes. I, I don't think there's any question at all. Yeah. I, most, most of the employees uh, you know, they've, they've been a, a user of the existing Southport commuter connection and uh, certainly hospital employees. And we've kind of tried to work with the hospital because the limited schedule we have. But, you know, part of it is being, you know, we're, we're actually working on a plan now where, you know, you've got uh, nurses and employees that, you know, they work like a seven to seven shift or an eight to eight shift 
to have bus transportation for them to go back west if they take the train in the morning to have a bus to get them back at seven or eight o'clock at night when their shift ends. So that's something that's being worked on also. And how nice it would be if there, if there were dorms that they could maybe sleep at if they had to do double shifts or if the train didn't hook up or something like that. Yeah, and I don't know if it would be dorms. I think we're, we're talking about, the, you know, the potential for real housing there, you know, and, and uh, you know, a, a, apartments, um, you know, that that could be constructed that, you know, if you, if you talk to Bob Challoner or, or Robert Ross over the at the hospital, They'll tell you, like everybody right now, they're having trouble recruiting and retaining employees um, and that housing is always a big part of that. So as a part of the employment package, if, you know, you, you had apartments there that, that 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 you could offer as part of the compensation packages, you know, the availability of those apartments, I, I think that would make a big difference for the hospital. Do they have a sewage treatment plan on site at the at the college? Is that I just wondered if that is do we know about that? They they don't. That was always a that was always in the capital plan for the campus because I, I I forget the exact number, but if you were going to get over twelve hundred students there, um, you know you were you you would have needed a, a sewage treatment plant. So uh, it it there isn't one there, but you know that should probably be part of of a longer term plan for the campus also. Uh, certainly, I think in, in connection with the hospital, they would need the sewage treatment plan. So the question would be to size it to to to, you know, provide for some some residential use there also. Local support comes from the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin and Raro. In these trying times, working full-time for their clients and the public interest, providing strong advocacy and attentive counsel. Be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com 27 Speaks is brought to you by Sag Harbor Books and Southampton Books. Independent bookstores located in the villages at 7 Main Street in Sag Harbor and 16 Hampton Road in Southampton. They buy books. Collections, libraries, individual titles, very easy process. They handle everything. Do you have books to sell? Call or email today or visit SouthamptonSagHarborBooks.com. Now hiring booksellers at both locations, including office positions. You know, Fred, you, you've said there isn't a long-term plan. And we've been talking about this through several presidents who have come in at uh, Stony Brook University. And it almost feels like the, the campus here is a little bit of a white elephant for them. I think they see some real benefit to having it and just having talked with a couple of the presidents along the way about this, they see the linkage to the community here as being important, but I get the feeling they really don't know what to do with that, that campus. Let me ask you. Well, let me just, you know, just just interrupt for a minute. Only Stony Brook University could have 82 Waterview acres in the Hamptons <laughs> and not be able to figure out to do something productive, with it, right? <laughs> well, that's but it's true, right? They they don't really know what to do with. Well, it, and you know what's maddening? You know, they they had this initiative where they were over in South Korea. And that that went by the boards. They had a presence in Manhattan and that went by the boards. Uh, you know, all of these things, they, they get announced with great fanfare. But then what happens to them? 
And here, right in their own backyard, um, they, they've got, you know, what could be a jewel, you know, on this campus. And, uh, you know, they, they, their vision always seems to be in some other direction. And oftentimes in a direction that's off of Long Island, which should be their primary concern. My question is, did you get any response from the university? This is the whole idea of coming out and calling them slumlords was very clearly, you said earlier, uh, you've tried to get their attention and now you've, you've sort of made a little stronger effort to get their attention. Have you heard anything back from them yet? Well, what I've heard back is that, you know, they're, 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 they finally have said they're going to undergo a, you know, a search to replace Matt Whalen. And that would be a good first step. So that's been the, the immediate initial response, but, you know, we need, a, I need a lot more of a response than that. You know, I, you know, Senator Palumbo feels the same way as I do. I think our local elected officials on the town and village level see the potential for that campus. So, um, you know, they, they I, you know, they have, have responded in that regard, but, uh, you know, I, I, I plan to, you know, keep their feet to the fire to, to, you know, really, I, I think the real thing that needs to happen here is we need a long-term plan. We need to vision that, that campus. What, what can it be 10 years from now? And that shouldn't just be Stony Brook. That should be involving, you know, the local community here. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of good ideas that I've heard through the years of things that you could possibly do with the campus. Uh, they, they do want to have a relationship with the community, um, but I, I don't want their relationship and them to view this community the way that some of my statewide, local and federal officials look at it. They want a relationship out here because they can raise money out here and they want that relationship without committing to the community on a year-round basis with actual programming and an, an actual plan. So, yeah, I, I understand that Stony Brook wants to have a relationship out here because they want to raise money out here. But, uh, you know, as I've told some of my elected officials, don't forget us, uh, you know, when, when election time is over and, you know, we need help either from, you know, the governor or, or from, from federal officials. So, um, I, I, you know, that commitment needs to be more than just a, a, an ability to raise funds. And, uh, you know, listen, I, you know, on, on the positive side, and we, we mentioned it a little bit, but, you know, the, the hospital and getting, you know, the new hospital built there, I think is of critical importance, you know, for, for the campus. And, and let's not forget about that. Uh, you know, I, I do think these things can happen on parallel tracks, but if the hospital gets built and that project happens, uh, I think that creates a synergy that hopefully will make implementing other parts of a long-term plan uh, a, a lot, lot easier for them to do. Fred, at one point, did you have legislation that would allow for college campus zoning so that the Stony Brook Southampton campus and the, let's say, community college campus in Northampton couldn't be turned into something else? That was local legislation. That was when Skip Heaney was the town supervisor. And we kind of went through the last time the future of the campus was up in the air, which was around 2009. So that was a local initiative. The zoning on the property is for educational uses only, but that wasn't from the state. That was from the town and all of that's still in place. So you're talking about some housing opportunities where those dorms are now. 
if there was an interest, would you help the town to use some CHF money? Maybe you would have to change the zoning, given Brendan's question, but there's going to be money coming in um, with the CHF plan. And I don't know if, if the if the university would be interested in that. They, they might rather have you know more control over who, who would get that housing if it's turned into housing, but it, it could be a great spot for affordable housing. Well, I, I think there's, you know, with, with the uh, advent of, of the Community Housing Fund and, and thanks to all of you for all the editorial support for that concept, it really was helpful. Um, the, you know, the, the, the opportunity for a partnership between the town and, and Stony Brook for housing there using community housing funds. So where, you know, it wouldn't all be Stony Brook having to come up uh, with, with funding. I think there's great potential for that. Uh, you know, and again, you know, I, I would be fine if if the housing is is accessory, uh, accessory to the hospital. You know, providing fun, uh, housing for hospital employees, and you know, even that, I I think that would be a great use if 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 they saw a, a broader opportunity there. That's something that we could discuss also. But yeah, with the community housing fund, a potential partnership between the town and the university to provide housing opportunities is is definitely something that, you know, would fit right into, you know, the, the, the concept of the housing fund. Even if it was just university and, and house uh, or hospital housing, that still fits into the, 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 the whole idea of CHF you're providing, you know, I mean, part of, part of that plan is to provide housing for people working at the hospital and, you know, and, and at the college or, or whatever. So, I mean, it kind of fits. Well, sure. I mean, if you remember the campaign for the community housing fund, you know, the faces of, of of the of the campaign were nurses, firemen, emergency service workers, you know. So, yeah, I think it's 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 it, it, it fits a need and it's also consistent with what people voted for. Uh, so I think there's, you know, a great, great potential there. This is Catherine Manu, and I'm the editor of the Sag Harbor Express and co-publisher with my husband, Gavin, of the Express News Group. Local community news matters more than ever, with misinformation spreading constantly across the internet. We live in the communities we cover. We are your neighbors, your friends, your family. We tell the good stories and, unfortunately, the bad. We focus on your triumphs and losses. But we can't do this without our subscribers. To subscribe, please visit 27east.com slash subscribe. And thank you for your support. Watching what's been going on at the campus over the years, you know, obviously there's some sort of a disconnect between the mothership, Stony Brook University, and the campus. And do you think it's just that the leadership has not understood or had a great interest in the type of programming that are there? Because I always got the sense they were very, you know, medical and science focused. And maybe because the campus is more focused on MFA, creative writing, and even marine science, that it's just not something that has been kind of a priority for some of the leadership at Stony Brook. Yeah, I mean, listen, when, you know, when uh, Sam Stanley was the president, there was definitely a focus. He was a medical doctor. There was definitely a focus on the sciences and medicine and those things um you know the current president is really an arts and sciences person but uh you know stony brook has definitely had a focus i think on it, things like ng stem you know and in, in, in things of that nature but listen i don't think that you know that was the reason you know and uh it's just that 
you know, I, I hate to just keep pointing out Matt Whalen, but when he was there, you know, and somebody was responsible for the campus, you know, there was movement. And, you know, we did bring health sciences to the campus. Uh, you know, the old library building got renovated. You know, the marine sciences program, you know, with the new facility there, you know, I, I think has really, you know, has, has really had a great rep. You know, Chris Gobler's done a great job there, you know, bringing, bringing attention. So, uh, you know, it, they may have less of an interest in fine arts and all of that stuff. Uh, you know, I, I you know, I've let others speak to that. But, you know, regardless, come up with some vision. If you've got a different vision than I do, but you, you think it'll work, I mean, you know, it, their idea was the sustainability campus in the beginning. I mean, uh, I'm not sure that would have been my first choice, but, you know, it, it, I, I thought it had great potential, but... Obviously, it wasn't sustainable. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the Stony Brook likes to to get students enrolled in it. I mean, could you imagine being a parent touring that campus with your child, considering it, you know, like how many people are like, oh, no way. You know, like when you see all of those red X's, it's like, you know, I mean, I just think it's like for their own good to be able to have a very vibrant campus if you want to attract more tuition money, right? But I got to tell you, the, 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 the flip side of that, just to be devil's advocate for a moment, is if you're Stony Brook University and you're talking about residential students in Southampton, there are some real logistical issues with that as far as, you know, the mothership is where most of the classes are offered. And, you know, it's it's a very difficult thing to have a satellite campus like Southampton that doesn't have the full spectrum of classes being offered. It really only works as like a graduate program or something. Yeah. And I'm fine with that. I mean, you know, listen, when I was there, it was a four year liberal arts college. The sustainability program was designed to be a four year undergraduate program. Um, you know, it, it took some adjustment for me to think about it. But, you know, that campus as a graduate center with non-traditional students and not being a residential campus per se, I'm all I'm all good with that. I mean, I think you have to, you know, some of what you say, or actually all of what you say, Joe, on that point, I think is true. And that, you know, this is not exactly the time to trying to be uh, to reinstitute a four year un liberal arts undergraduate campus at there for a lot of market and business reasons to begin with. So, you know, the idea of, of, of a graduate campus that has a focus on things that we have strengths out here for marine sciences, uh, you know, the fine arts, uh, the, uh, you know, the health sciences, the food lab, you know, if anything, when, when you know, before Matt Whalen left that we were talking about what could be done with, with food and wine and, and, and all of what we have here on the East end, you have to play to your strengths. And I think graduate, graduate education couldn't have, could have been that. And, you know, Annette, you wouldn't be talking about the traditional where, you know, some some parents are taking their high school seniors to look at the campus. So, I, you know, but but even for graduate students, you, you know, they don't want to be in the middle of nowhere either. Um, and, uh, you know, so I think, you know, a housing opportunity there, a, a little bit more activity on the campus. You got at some point you got to reach critical mass and. You know, after the pandemic, you know, we're we're just not at that point. It it sounds to me like you're saying two things. One is nobody's watching the shop. And that's a big part of the problem here is that 
while nobody's watching the shop at the campus, everything's falling apart. And that makes it a lot more difficult to come back to a level of activity. And I think that I think our staff that was on the campus to take the photos and to do the reporting, they were kind of taken aback at the at the condition of those buildings. It was really surprising um, how far downhill it's gone. So that seems to be one point. And and if if I and the the lack of activity at the campus, they they noted that they they were there for a while and saw maybe three people, um, one of whom was a security guard despite there being, you know, the library being open. And the second point that I hear you saying is there's real opportunity here moving forward to come up with a plan that makes sense, not just for the college, but for the community. And we've got to start planning for that now. And it doesn't seem like that's really happening. Is that fair? That is very fair. I I mean, listen, you you know, you you can't uh, you can't dwell on what happened in the past or what didn't happen. You know, again, as I said, I mean, there's 82 Waterview acres in the Hamptons that we can do something with. um, And that's consistent, I think, with the mission, you know, the educational mission of Stony Brook, which, you know, on the main campus, you know, a lot of what they do relates to certainly economic development on Long Island. You know, you've got to adapt that to what the strengths are here on, on the East End. But I, I think there's great potential. I think what you just said, you know, sums it up. I mean, don't waste this resource. I mean, as you said, I mean, it, you know, it, it sounds like a Twilight Zone episode where somebody dropped a neutron bomb. The buildings are there. You know, everything's there, but, you know, where are the people? And, you know, if you think the buildings, some of those buildings look bad from the outside, you should get inside them. It's mm-hmm. uh, even worse. Yeah, I mean, having been, I actually took some classes at the college when it was still Long Island University, like in the mid-90s. And just to see some of those buildings that I frequent in didn't seem that long ago. And now to see the big red X's on them, it's like, wow, things really have changed up there. Was there an asbestos issue, Fred, or, or mold? Somebody mentioned odors. There's an asbestos issue with the gymnasium. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and ultimately, you know, and there's, you know, that, that gym was built, you know, after the, it became a college. Uh, you know, ultimately, that, that gym is going to have to go. That's going to have to be leveled um, and, you know, devoted to some, something else. And, you know, I, I, other than that, I would say, you know, with all these buildings, certainly, you know, any survey of them, you're going to have to deal with, you know, or at least do a, uh, an investigation with regard to asbestos. But, hey, you can't, regardless, you just can't let, let it keep sitting there in the environment either. You got, if there is, we need to deal with that too. So is there any chance that the um, Stony Brook could reapply or another round of those grants that you had mentioned that they should? Yeah, there's still there's still money money left in in that uh, in that fund, but you know you need to you need to apply for it or you know that's that's not the o- only you know potential. I think that one at that point in time was something that they could have you know taken advantage of uh, and didn't. So yeah, I, I there, listen. There's there's still potential. You know, uh, there's economic development funding uh, that Stony Brook, you know, the, the the regional economic development councils, they have that cycle runs every year. You know, there'll be more money in this year's budget for that. So, you know, there's that that I don't think is the problem. But, you, you know, this has to be a coalition of the willing. They have to be willing to undertake this task. And, you know, I just get the sense sometimes that, you know, I think Stony Brook, 
has always had this thing about, you know, even back in the 60s, they were going to be the Berkeley of the East. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they, they've always been they, they've always been focused on having a national reputation. I, I think that that, you know, that's why they, you know, they had that they delved into being in Korea and they want to be in Manhattan. They're bidding now for this this project on Governor's Island in the city. You know, I think they're very conscious of their uh, of their standing as a state university among public universities in the country, and they want to be a leader. So they always seem to be looking outward and not always paying attention to what's going on in their own backyard. And I and I think what they should realize is that you know if they if they build this thing at home from the bottom up, it, ultimately it's going to make them a stronger. Uh, as they try to build a national reputation. So I wonder if you're going to be um, called in for some meetings with them anytime soon. I wonder if you, do you think that there's going to be much like ability for you to kind of help shepherd that in that future or talk to them about what might be possible? You know, absolutely. Uh, you know, the uh, the university needs the legislature and their legislator needs the university. And, uh, uh, you know, I think it's unfortunate that, you know, you, you, you know, the, you, we just couldn't seem to get their attention uh, and, and get them to focus on this. But, you know, listen, if you know anything about me and you do, you know, persistence is not my, uh, it's not my problem. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to stick with this. And, uh, you know, I've had some some conversations with folks over there already. Um, nothing that's, you know, a, a groundbreaker yet. But uh, um, this has gotten a lot of attention. Uh, I don't think, you know, I don't think a lot of people really had an understanding of one, you know, the, the, the size of the asset that that, you know, how big an asset that campus is. And I don't think a lot of people had an understanding about how uh, Stony Brook had, had really just kind of let it go and really, you know, the condition that it's in. So, I, you know, I think the first part of this was just making the public aware. I mean, uh, the, the amount of response that I've gotten in the community, you know, in support of doing something at the campus. And, you know, I was even when I was in Albany last week, hearing from, uh, you know, colleagues from other parts of the state that didn't know anything about the Sam Southampton campus, but they know about it now because, you know, this has really gotten a lot of attention, not just on Long Island, but across the state. Well, I think the timing is really interesting because you have the community housing fund available now too, that's coming into play with the, you know, the town's trying to figure out how to make that happen. So it does seem like an interesting opportunity to introduce that as a possible, um, focus for yeah I, and listen there's probably things that we haven't you know we didn't discuss today that none of us have thought about you know that then once people know that there's potential there you know we may get some other ideas too so um you know listen i want to start a process you know if you don't have a plan you know nothing nothing ever good is going to happen there and you know too much of that campus and i think you've kind of alluded to it indirectly it's been ad hoc you know they'll do this one thing over here or another thing will come up but there's nothing that really ties it all together and uh that that that's what i'm hoping to to get started and and 
you know, for better or for worse, Stony Brook has it's it's their campus. They have it. Um, and, you know, they need to be a partner. And, uh, you know, I had to hit him in the head with a baseball bat. But, you know, I still want to work with them. Oh, so we started with the sports analogy and we end with a sports analogy. <laughs> I love it. I love it when there's a nice, tidy little package at the end, little bow on top of that. So Fred's going to take a baseball. Fred's taking a baseball bat to it. There it's a blind, a blindside hit by Steeler Alex Highsmith, who who is who is the nephew of Curtis Highsmith of the Southampton Housing Authority. I think my my head just kind of exploded a little bit there. So we're tying it all together locally with the with the Steelers. Yeah, it's a very small world. It is a small world after all. Yeah, there's this small world. Twenty Seven Speaks is sponsored by the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. Strong advocacy and attentive counsel. Be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com. Thank you for listening. Join us again next week to hear what's news on the East End. Our interlude flute music is by Allison O'Reilly. Our opening and closing theme music is Boysdale Blues, written and performed by the incomparable Judy Carmichael. Listen to Judy's weekly show, Jazz Inspired, airing on an NPR station near you, or go to jazzinspired.com. 27 Speaks is a weekly podcast produced by the Express News Group, which includes the Southampton Press, the East Hampton Press, the Sag Harbor Express, 27East.com, and sagharborexpress.com Find us on the websites or subscribe through Apple Podcasts.